You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition. Now, Federal has come out with a new turkey load called the Heavyweight TSS or the Heavyweight Tungsten Super Shot. Now, this is a tungsten alloy material and it's 18 grams per cubic centimeter density now what this means is it is it's 22 percent higher than standard tungsten and 56 percent higher than lead so it is a a very dense material and it has the ability to travel at high velocities and continue that velocity at longer distances it has deadly patterning and it also has something called flight control flex and that is when that rear braking wad performs flawlessly through ported and standard turkey chokes so if you want to find out more information about the heavyweight tungsten super shot visit federalpremium.com and while you're there don't forget to check out their podcast and their blogs tons of great content Houndsman XP Podcast with your host, Steve Fielder, and me, Chris Powell. If you're ready to up your game to extreme performance, sit back, buckle up, and hang on for another exciting episode of Houndsman XP. This episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, we have Kevin Harlander from First Light. First Light is a technical clothing company out of Ketchum, Idaho. Uh, I'm going to say that they are in the top tier of technical clothing companies for hunters in the world. And uh, I've been a First Light fan for a long time. I found their products, as you'll hear in the podcast, uh, a few years ago, and I've been extremely happy with them. But the reason we are going to talk about technical clothes is because um, I want to try to give our listeners some more options on how to dress for success while they're in the field. If you can go into the field and you can be comfortable and stay longer, then you have better dogs. Because as our old friend Mike Colley says, the dog that gets hunted the most is going to be the best. And if you can't stay out there because your kit is failing you because you're cold because you've got swamp butt and uh, you don't feel like being in the woods then how are you going to have those extreme performance hounds so before i get labeled as a snob or a techno geek here let me give you some background on this okay so my first pair of actual hunting pants was a pair of vietnam era bdus and um I started wearing those when I was probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. They were a small set. And uh, as I grew up and not so much around like I am now, I'm only growing out now. I'm not growing up anymore. But to give you an idea about these tiger stripe pants, as, as they became shorter, I actually took a pair of blue jeans and added cuffs to the end so i cut off a pair of a pair of blue jeans and and added those uh into the end of the pants so i could keep wearing them so it's and then with the marine corps you know i've paid my dues with clothing and articles of clothing that probably weren't ideal and uh, what we're going to talk about in this episode is what ideal clothing looks like how it functions and then build your kit a little bit at a time you know my partner steve fielder had never worn merino base layers until we went to navajo nation this past year and uh, i think since then he has been uh, very happy with those he's worn them on several hunting trips and uh, so he's found the functionality in that so take what we're going to talk about here today and you know, figure out what you need. There's, there are several things out there on the market 
uh, we're going to bring you first light because that's what I wear, you know, and um, uh, give you the information on what they're doing and how you can fit that into your kit. So a lot of good information here and might open your eyes to, to how you can improve your game, up your game, and uh, increase your performance while you're in the field. Before we get to the interview, I want to make sure that we mention our sponsor, W Hunting Supply. W is a small business. They have a big footprint. But the reason I say small business is because there is a huge push right now in our current situation in our country to support small businesses. And W Hunting Supply has done a lot to support this podcast for you so that we can bring you high-quality uh, guests and content here but also if you want to know what they are doing for you as an individual houndsman go to their join the fight page they are providing space for all sort of hound organizations across the united states to have a space where uh, you can find those organizations but they also support those organizations with merchandise for auctions um, and and just they really go the extra mile to support houndsmen across the United States. So W Hunting Supply, they have worked hard for your business and they deserve a look from you. And they've got everything you need. So make sure you're checking out W Hunting Supply at dusupply.com. Also, huge shout out to our sponsors on Patreon. Patreon is a uh, an account that we use to uh, generate funds and you can support houndsman xp podcast for as little as one dollar per show that's four dollars a month and we just finished up our first monthly drawing that was valued at around a hundred dollars and we're going to have a patreon drawing like that every month and all it takes is for you to join our patreon uh, group and support us for as little as one dollar per show uh, we're going to have semi-annual drawings, and we'll have an annual drawing as well. And if you go up in the levels of support, then you are eligible for bigger prize packages. So make sure you check us out. Go to our website at houndsmanxppodcast.com and check check that, houndsmanxp.com. I don't even know my own website address. www.houndsmanxp.com on the front page there's a green tab that says support Houndsman XP, and that'll take you right to our Patreon page. We really do appreciate your support. It helps us keep the lights on, helps us pay the bills, helps us keep this podcast rolling out there for you. Don't forget to reach out to us and tell us how we're doing. And uh, something we haven't mentioned in a while, make sure you are going to Apple Podcasts, any podcast app that you're using, and leave us a rating. But if you're using Apple Podcasts, go there and give us a rating. Leave us a comment. We really do enjoy your comments and your reviews. So without any further delay, grab a cup of Joe. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Houndsman XP Podcast, everybody. And we are in the middle of jelly heads and turkey season right now uh when we're recording this and i've got a fellow turkey hunter and uh rocky mountain turkey hunter at that so kevin harlander from first light welcome to the houndsman xp podcast how you doing today hey thanks a lot for having me man it's great i'm doing i'm doing really well we're uh we're surviving sort of the quarantine and and getting things uh, accomplished here at First Light HQ, we're we're working from home and and uh, and trying to trying to just make the best of it. Yeah, what kind of challenges is that? Challenges has that uh, proposed on you guys? Well, you know, first and foremost, we're really lucky to be a direct consumer brand, so we we only sell on FirstLight.com. Um, so it's been really helpful. You know, we've been able to sort of manage. Um, without retailers uh, for the last few years, and and uh, we we sort of own and, and house all our own um, inventory and things like that. So we've been doing pretty good, you know. Uh, fortunately, our warehouse has been able to remain open. They've been, uh, you know, safely working there, um, and we sort of just pivoted and uh, adapted as things have changed. Um, we've been doing pretty well, and and I think uh, 
we're really, really lucky to have such great customers that, you know, folks are really stoked about what we've got coming out. And, um, you know, it's a good time to good time to be getting some gear as you're at home. And, um, those stimulus checks came through, I think for a lot of folks. Yeah. So that's been pretty helpful too. And I was checking, uh, my, yeah, we, we, checking my bank account. It's there. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, I love it. Describe what first light is to our listeners that may not know. I mean, this is a houndsman podcast. Uh, I think most yeah. people who are uh, semi-aware of things going on in the outdoor world, I hope they understand what First Light is. But, Kevin, tell tell us what First Light is and uh, what you guys do there. Yeah, for sure. So we, we started uh, about just over a decade ago um, in the Rocky Mountains. The town's called Ketchum, Idaho. Um, started by a couple of guys, Kenton Carruth and Scott Robinson, uh, who've lived here for a long time and they always worked in the winter sports industry. Um, you know, and as Merino wool started to sort of emerge as a, this premier fabric for skiing, biking, climbing, and other recreation, um, they started wearing that on their fall hunts. Um, it kept them warm in the mornings, cool as the day heated up and, you know, kept them completely odor free, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so Scott and Kenton, um, we're wearing basically Merino wool and that's how our company started. We were the first ever, um, uh, company to, to print camouflage on, on Merino wool. Um, you know, we've always been in the business of trying to solve problems. Um, and for us, uh, you know, we were sort of born from this dilemma of how do you stay concealed, but also comfortable. Um, so, you know, the, the short of it is, we've we established ourselves in the rocky mountains because of the ability to test apparel and and gear here Mm -hmm. um you know right out our back door we've got three or four different mountain ranges that we could be in in five to ten minutes um from the office and uh you know the the history of the company are you rubbing it in is that what you're trying to do yeah exactly we're we're (laughs) incredibly lucky to live where we live and work where we do and oh it's gorgeous man and and we've got you know good elk hunting good deer hunting all kinds of things um, the, the nicest part, I think in, in the company's history is we've remained sort of small and, and totally true to who we are. So everybody in our office hunts, um, everybody gets 40 days plus a year in the woods every, every year. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite the company and, you know, we're small, we're only 20, 25 people. Um, and that, that makes things, uh, we work really hard and, and, and we also hunt really hard too. Um, so I think, you know, there's nobody, um, that can that can tout our experience uh, when it comes down to why a certain piece of gear works a certain way and and where we've tested it is is a, a pretty badass place. So um, one of the yeah re- we're proud of what we've accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm a First Light fan as and member of the uh, what do you call the program? Is it's not it's not pro staff. It's uh, development. Yeah, and, just our research and design. Yeah, yeah research and design yeah, program. So. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I found First Light because I had I was looking for a lighter weight wool pant that I could wear yeah. uh, in the warmer in the warmer months of the year. I was wearing um, uh, Pendleton pants, um, yep. wool, wool Malone Malones, and uh, served me very well. But they're extremely heavy, and you just simply sure. can't wear them when it's above. For me personally, even east west, it doesn't matter. For me personally, if it's above twenty degrees, I mean they're just they're not comfortable for me to wear. So I went on. Yeah, this... I remember wearing those in a deer stand in Minnesota growing up quite a bit. You yeah. know, that, that's a Wonderful. great pair of pants. Yeah, they are. They are. And um, uh, so I, I went on the hunt looking for these things, and I came across First Light and the Canabs, uh, it, merino wool Canab pants, and and. Uh, just kind of started working from there on on uh, building a kit out of. I was so impressed with the Canab pants uh, for comfort and uh, you know the the. When I say comfort, I mean not only do they feel like you're those pants felt like you weren't were wearing pajama pants in the woods, but but they were also breathing and keeping your temperatures regulated. And then you guys have built from there, and I. I mean, there's so many opportunities. I, I would venture to say, I'm not sure if you could find anybody that's probably worn the new Sawbucks more than I have. I don't. I mean, yeah. I, I wear them when I'm working. I wear them when I'm 
when I'm hunting, I, I, I've just worn them out. I'm almost ready to, I'm not, not worn them out because they look brand new, but I mean, <laughs> they're practically glued to me. So I want to yeah. talk about all yeah, those cool things. Yeah, you bet. You know, the evolution of our gear, uh, that's something I should mention too, is, you know, we're, we're redoing and, uh, you know, re-envisioning each piece of our gear almost every day. So we, we're never really satisfied when, when something's done it automatically goes back into the hopper as, as something that can be, you know, improved upon if we find a failure point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how the evolution of a lot of these products come about is, you know, we, we test them a lot. We wear them a lot. We, we, you know, harness that feedback and, and make sure that we're able to understand um, what the, what the shortcomings are, because, you know, I think if you rest on your laurels, you're, you're never going to be a, a competitive brand. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with how we've been able to do that, certainly in the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can tell you that um, the, the whole reason I had you on here is so that we can talk about how to dress for success. Uh, sure. Hound hunting is is a is a, a sport or a, a an activity that's that's highly active, and you need the right gear to do it. And I've I've been in the woods before in gear that wasn't good. I've, you know, I've seen people try to wear, you know, walls insulated bibs when it gets below 30 degrees. And by the time they get to a tree, you know, they're soaking wet from head to toe. And then then 20 minutes later, as you're sitting there, you know, around the truck or you're listening to the next hound race or whatever you're doing, you're freezing to death. And I just, I just want to open some people's eyes and talk about some of these technical pieces and give some people some options on, and some ideas of, of how to up their game. Because if you're comfortable in the field, you stay in the field. And when you stay in the field, you're hunting more. And when you hunt more, you have better hounds. So that's that's the goal of the podcast today is to, to talk about how First Light's uh, gear will help people accomplish that. Yeah, perfect. Well, we should dive right into it. Um, and I appreciate that, that intro too, Chris. I think like, you know, the biggest thing that we try to do is educate people about the, the power of our products because of, first and for- foremost, the way it works together in a system. Um, and then secondly, the, the materials that we use um, that, you know, ensure comfort, both when it's cold, hot, windy, stormy, you name it. So I think the biggest thing to chat about first is, you know, the, the power of merino wool. Um, Perfect. A lot of folks, you know, they, they associate wool with uh, being super warm in the deer stand or or uh, scratchy, itchy things. And that's mm-hmm. just simply not true of merino wool. You know, the, um, the, the components of merino wool uh, and, and the natural fibers that exist in merino wool are, are naturally odor wicking, or, or sorry, I should say odor resistant right. um, and, and moisture wicking. So what it's going to do is as a base layer, um, which means you wear it right next to your skin, it's going to do two things. It's going to keep you really cool when it's hot out because it's going to pull that moisture away from your body. Um, it's going to keep you warm when it's cold out because it's naturally, um, insulating, um, and works well with the human temperature. Um, we also use a material called 37.5, which is basically named after, um, the ideal human body temperature in Celsius degrees Celsius. So that technology allows for the correct breathability, the correct, um, amount of moisture to, to go away from your body and, and it, it it doesn't get absorbed into the fabric it wicks through. So, um, you know, when we're talking about base layers, I think it's incredibly important to start with Merino wool. That's how we got our start, um, in the industry. And that's sort of the foundation of our brand. Um, so what, what I like to tell people is get a pair of men's wick long boxer briefs. Those are all a Merino wool product that you wear as like a pair of underwear, get yourself a men's wick hoodie, um, mm-hmm. and a pair of obsidian merino pants, and you're going to be set for anything um, that's basically a, a standard, you know, m- early season hunt, right? And that's going to be the foundation of your kit. So the obsidian pants um, are basically the uh, evolution of those Kadab pants that you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Right. Um, they're merino wool pants. I'll, I'll tell you, they're not they're not made to be brush busters and no, that's why are. we created the saw box right yep. so so the obsidian pants though are going to give you the best 
uh, acknowledgement and understanding of how Merino works because they breathe incredibly well. Um, and, you know, I've doing, I was doing a little homework on before this podcast and I've sort of built out what I consider to be like a pretty, pretty good houndsman kit for guys that are chasing dogs. Yeah. Let's, um, let's get into that. Cause you know, first light the, the whole Merino deal, let's talk, let's go back to base layer first. Cause I, I want to sure. kind of dissect that a little bit, Kevin. I think a lot yep. of people, um, a lot of people misunderstand the functionality of an effective base layer, you know, or they call them long johns, you know, and, and the right. only time you wear them is when it's cold out. And with, right. with your wick series, you know, I've got, I've got a wick top and I've got the, the boxer briefs, like you said, you know, I can wear that thing from the time that I leave the truck in the morning uh, or I leave the, leave camp in the morning, you know, properly, properly layered. And when it's, when it's 30 degrees or 20 degrees out properly layered, and then be able to reduce that down. But uh, even when it's 70 degrees in the afternoon and I'm wearing wearing that on the outside now uh, as my only layer at 70. So it's an amazing right. piece that I think a lot of time is is misunderstood. So, uh, do you have anything to add to that before I ask you about the difference of effectiveness between synthetic and merino? Sure. So the only thing I would add, you know, on, on the the base layer front is is that you know you want to make sure that you're getting the right correct weight um, based on sort of the temperature. So we've got everything from you know the lightest at the the wick level all the way to our furnace, which is, is basically made for non-active uh, hunting when you're like sitting in a tree, which is kind of our thickest and, and heaviest merino wool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, you know, the important part there, I, I think to note is just that um, the sort of the reality of merino is that no matter how cold or hot it is, you're going to function in, in each of these layers differently. Um, so I think understanding that, you know, if you're looking for a do-it-all piece, you can't go wrong with wick because that's going to be the lightest. It's also going to keep you, you know, relatively warm when it's mm-hmm. chilly. Um, so we can go through that kit later. But, um, yeah, let's get into sort of the, the technical aspects of that gear. Yeah. Can, can you tell us the difference real quick? And maybe it won't be quick. But why is uh, – why are some people – manufacturing or producing uh synthetic versus versus merino and why did, why did first light go with merino instead of a synthetic as a base yeah layer? i think there's really yeah there's really two reasons one you know when you're when you're talking about if you think about things in terms of natural ability so the reason a merino wool sheep can regulate temperatures because those fibers are naturally grown versus synthetic which is you know developed in in a lab mm-hmm. um you know, you got to understand too that with First Light is we use a, a blend of technology. So there's the ability to, you know, implement 37.5, that technology that basically um, allows for the correct amount of um, transporting moisture from the base layers to the outside of the garment. Um, there's that's woven into the to the to the actual merino wool. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing there is if if you want to both have um, temperature regulation, ideal odor elimination, and ideal, you know, warm when it's cold and, and cold when it's warm um, ability, you, you can only get that through merino wool. Synthetic material is going to stink if it's 100% synthetic after a few days. Mm-hmm. And you can see that, too, like compared to, um, you know, a merino base layer versus a nylon pair of pants, after three or four days in the <laughs> woods, the nylon pair of pants is going to retain a little bit more odor than your wick top. Um, that's not to say that synthetic materials are bad because there's, you know, I wear our, our 37, five, four way stretch corgi guide pants, almost every hunt. Um, but my expectations of that garment are quite a bit different. You know, the Merino wool top, the reason we use it is because you can dunk that thing in a Creek after a really hot hunt in here in archery season, elk season and hang it in a tree. It's going to dry incredibly fast. It's going to, not have any stink at all um and that's really the significant difference between synthetic and merino is that um 
Marino has all three elements of effectiveness versus synthetic just being, you know, light and uh, moisture wicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that I've found is it sounds gross because we're not programmed this way. You know, a lot of times sure. if you're not in the backcountry hunting, you know, you mean you didn't change your underwear today? You know, that's that's terrible, yeah. you know. So, but you right. find yourself with like your, your kiln and, and your merino base layers. I get several days out of those before it's like, hey, oh, yeah. I've got to, I need to wash this. So you actually extend yeah. the life of the garment by not laundering it as well. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we tell a lot of people that the best way to sort of wash merino wool is, is to just dunk it in a water source and let it naturally air. Uh, you know, hang dry just because like, like you said, the, the longest I've worn, um, our Merino boxers has been about 10 days with one pair. Um, and that includes some, you know, just Creek washing, um, in the woods, but those, you know, the ability of that garment to not stink is just really incredible. And and I think it's sort of a long way of answering your question. What's the difference between Merino and synthetic Merino has this ability, incredible ability as a natural fiber, um, to both last longer, stink less, um, and wick better and wick moisture better. Yeah. That's it right there. The power of that moisture wicking. And I've, I was right. a big synthetic base layer guy for a number of years. And, um, uh, when I found the first light Merino base layers, that pretty much came to an end. And I can tell you that yeah. all, all Merinos are not created equal. Cause I've tried to that's bar- right. bargain shop merino on amazon and different places and i get this package and i open it and i'm like what in the world is this and i've got a lano quarter zip that i've had for years and i and i don't i don't know how long many years i've had it but i can tell you that that's probably the second uh most worn piece that i have i wear it all the time yeah yeah that's awesome you know the, the last thing i'll add just about merino too is i'm kind of looking over my notes the other thing too that we talk about often in in the woods and maybe not so important for uh the hound hunting side but there's no sound with merino wool it's incredibly silent it's also not shiny so Mm -hmm. wool sort of absorbs light and has no uv reflection so i imagine a lot of your guys probably do some deer hunting and and other things as well and that's important um you know and and the last thing i'll say this comparative comparatively to synthetic fabrics um you know, I, I just got to say, like, the stink factor is just uh, incredibly, incredibly noticeable um, <laughs> compared to compared to Marino. And it's just, I know we keep hammering that, but I think it's really important for people to know, um, uh, you know, especially guys that are running 10 miles after dogs, on whether it's on snowmobiles or on snowshoes or on foot. Um, I know there's no shortage of movement, and uh, it's probably pretty cold most of the year. Um, and you're going to sweat when you run for sure. And I think there's no better choice than real wool for sure. And to sum it up, you know, there's a lot of time spent in trucks with heaters on in between those races, looking for tracks and I don't want to smell you. So where are Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you're out there in these remote cabins and, you know, camps that we set up and we're running the mountains and doing different things. So, uh, yep. maybe a few days between the showers and just, just be considerate and remember that you're going to be riding with other people in the yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, you know, I, I still hunt with a lot of guys that, uh, wear other, other companies clothing and, and, uh, spend their time doing other things. And, um, I, I just, uh, it reminds me, I used to be a firefighter and a wildland firefighter in college. And those are some of the stinkiest guys ever. Yeah. Um, and once Merino wool started becoming a little more available, um, my job became a little easier because I didn't have to smell all my buddies all day long. <laughs> right, right, yep, so, yep. Hey, yeah. let's get into your – I, I want to follow your outline. Sounds like you're you're prepared to uh, talk about a good kit for houndsmen. And, uh, yeah, yep, for sure. And I'll kind of put in what I've done too, and you know, maybe we can, we can come up with something that uh, uh, people can, can wrap their minds around and, and start shopping. Yeah, of course, man. I think that sounds great. You know, from my experience, I, I haven't hunted with hounds um, a lot in my hunting career. Um, you know, it was never really legal where I was, unfortunately, growing up. Um, and then Oregon, unfortunately, I don't know when they outlawed hunting with dogs, but it was uh, 
quite a quite a few years ago and it's pretty interesting how um you know the predator numbers have just skyrocketed too in mm. in parts of oregon so right. I, I just wanted to lead with that um however i think what's important to know about what i what i do understand about how how you guys hunt is it's very versatile so maybe one day you're on the snowmobile chasing lion tracks um and the next year hunting bears and uh, like clay newcomb down in in uh, northwest arkansas and uh, there's not a lick of snow to be found so it's warm mm-hmm. um so i think the biggest thing is when we talk about how to build out this kit you want to talk about versatility because there's such a wide range of environments and, and situations you'll be in um so i think what i'll do is i'll just start from uh head to toe or excuse me from feet to head yeah um and i'll just go through a couple of products that i think would be pretty helpful so um, when, when we're starting at the bottom, obviously you want to start with a good pair of boots. Um, we work with a couple different companies, um, but I'll spare the details there. People can figure out what their feet need the best. The, yep. the pair of pants that I really want to tell people about is those men's Zabuck brush pants. Um, those are pants I know you've worn, uh, Chris, and, and I've worn, and, and I'm really appreciative of their ability to both be durable, but also breathable. They're basically based off of our Corgit guide pant, which is a 37.5 nylon four-way stretch pant. Mm-hmm. Um, they have reinforced fronts and backs. It looks just like an upland bird hunting pant that you might see the old timers wearing, like the canvas style upland pants. Right. Um, but the nice part about this is uh, I imagine from my experience, cougars and bears and coons and whatever you're chasing with uh, hounds don't like to necessarily take the, the nice, uh, the nice road right to that tree they like to go through some thick stuff um so these pants are going to be able to not only be breathable and and helpful in hiking but they're going to be really durable and they're going to be very long lasting um and also they they come in two uh different solid colors and two camo patterns so um, if people need to be versatile in, in what they're trying to accomplish as far as being seen there there's the opportunity to be in camouflage too um and then as you move up the body, I think, like Look, we mentioned can I, before. Can I jump in on Sawbucks real quick? Yeah, of course, man. Okay, so so one of the reasons that I really enjoy the Corgit, I enjoy the uh, guide pant, and I also like, I mean, I'm in love with the Sawbucks. Uh, yeah. The reason is because as we get older, we become less flexible. And sure. these pants... I've said it before on this podcast, but these pants fit like pajama pants. Uh, they are so comfortable, and they are. And you mentioned versatility. If a guy's trying to, uh, I don't have all the money in the world, so I, right. I, you know I can't afford to have my pants over here that that I'm going to wear. So you can get these in camo. I've deer hunted in my sawbuck pants, and they're virtually silent. Right. Um, right. while protecting with that abrasion material on the front of the legs and around the cuffs. So you can literally brush through, bust through the back here. We've got multiple rows and I mean, I've waded through all of it and, um, yep. I'm gonna have to take a picture of my saw bucks and post it. So people know what I'm talking about, but these things have been worn extensively and there's not a chink in them yet. I mean, they're, they're still right. looking good. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's that's a good intel because it is pretty amazing how tough they are, mm-hmm. um, while also being pretty comfy. I mean, I wear those things pretty often. I, I wore a mule deer hunting all last year. Um, I just really appreciate them. So I think I you know, moving <laughs> moving up the body. Um, I think it's really crucial for guys to either get the men's wick long boxer brief, which is going to be sort of your next to skin layer around your crotch and your butt. Um, you sweat a lot in that region. Um, so these are going to be really helpful in wicking that moisture away, especially as you run through the woods. So those are really helpful. And then if it's really cold, I really like our men's wick boot top long johns. So yeah. I'll just explain those a little bit. Cause that's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. And it was new to me. Um, what it is, is basically a, a long john that goes just below your knee, but above your, the top of your, or the bottom of your calf. So it basically fits right to the top of your boot. It is a long john, though, so if you need a little bit of insulation, if it's going to be chilly, it's a great option. The nice part is you don't have this overhang between uh, your long john and your boot, um, so there's not that thickness, so, so it's really nice to be able to hike in. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the other thing I'll mention too is we are coming out out with zip off long johns. I saw that. Here. And that's going to be a game changer, especially as guys maybe start their day on a snowmobile um, or on a quad or something like that and are ending up on their feet. It's something that you can zip off and you don't have to take your boots off to do so. So it's really quick, really efficient, um, keeps you warm when you're cold, and, and you can take them off if it's too hot. Yeah. yeah. So those are going to be awesome, and I'll make sure you guys get a pair to try out over there um, and see, see how they work for you. One of the um, things that, that we have dealt with, and I dealt with this in the Marine Corps, and Marines um, spend a lot of time on the road on the on their feet. And um, yeah, uh, and so, you know, the, the dreaded swampy butt that you get, and I'm telling you, you will save money on anti-monkey butt powder if you switch yeah. to Merino boxer shorts. You just don't have it. You know, you don't have – you're not galded. Um, and that's becomes very uncomfortable, especially for houndsmen. You know, if you're trying to wear a cotton, I've seen all kinds of train racks. I mean, I've seen guys take a cotton yeah. tube sock and then try to put a wool sock over it. And I've seen guys, you know, wearing uh, cotton briefs underneath merino long johns or merino base right. layer. It's like, why are you doing this? You know, you're, yeah, you're trapping exactly. that I think moisture. It just comes down to education. Yeah, you're creating problems. It's because right. mom told me I had to wear underwear. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Yeah, well, and, I, and I think that there is a, a really interesting thing about, and I'll go back to the nice part about merino wool, is a little goes a long way. So you don't have to necessarily, because of its natural ability to insulate and also keep you cool, you don't have to wear six different layers of cotton just to stay warm and then take it all off when it's soaking wet from sweat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to function as a, as a piece that you don't have to take off all day. Um, and that's what we'll try to do here too today, Chris, is, is chat through some of the, the educational pieces and just let folks know like in a very um, you know introductory way, like I don't want to um, try to talk too much about the science of it all. I'd like to just uh, you know see what works for both you guys on the ground and myself on the ground and yep. use that anecdotal evidence. It's kind of just a way to, to inform people that this is a really cool material. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, as we're moving up the body, um, the one that I really like the most and I continue to be in this wick sort of pattern or this wick, um, component, basically we have three levels of wool and they go in weights. So wick is going to be the lightest. It's our 150 weight. Um, that wick, garment is going to be your best bet for your next to skin base layer for all times of the season until it gets really cold um, and you're stationary. But for guys that are moving, and it sounds like most houses are moving, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, at least part of the day, mm-hmm. um, that ability to move through the country with without like over sweating or, or under sweat or, you know, being too cold, uh, this is going to be your, your mainstay. And you know what? Um, it's a pretty cheap garment for how technical it is. Um, you can get it for 80 bucks um, on our website. Um, and this thing is going to perform for years to come. Um, it's really awesome. And then this is something that I almost wear every day. You know, I'm, I'm in some I'm some first light gear almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the wick long sleeve crew is, is the best. Um, the, the thing I like about having uh, no hood on this long sleeve crew is that as you add layers out, I like to only have like maybe one, two hoods instead of three. There you if go. I'm getting really, if I'm wearing a jacket. So this layer is really nice. It's just that crew piece. Um, and I think that guys would be pretty impressed with this garment. Um, and just its ability, like we said earlier, to wear it four five, six, seven days in a row. Um, you know, maybe you're chasing tracks and you're not going to make it home for a few days. And this is going to be a good piece for those guys. Right. Um, so that's, uh, that's that wick long sleeve crew. Um, you can find that at firstlight.com. Yep, I've I've got the and then, I've got the wick. It's got it's even got technical panels. Is that that is the one with the technical panels under the arms? Yeah, and, and different stuff like that. So yeah, so basically, you know, if you sort of look at a side angle on that, um, it, it's a basically what we did is the, the 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 front and the back and the sleeves of the garment are all 150 gram arrow wool construction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that features that 37.5 active particle technology. Um, and that allows that, that moisture to wick away from the body while also utilizing wool as that natural odor-resistant ability. Um, now on the side, you've got basically 
sort of a slimmed down 125 gram airwool mesh panel for extra breathability when it gets hot. Um, and that's really awesome because you can dump heat so quickly through those sides. Because if you think about where heat um, sort of is retained in your core, it's usually in your chest and underneath your armpits. Like that's why we sweat underneath our armpits. Um, and this, this, uh, this garment allows for that moisture to kind of get sucked out of those areas. So you stay dry and cool. Um, you know, the, the wick is just like such a functional piece. It's, it's what I, you know, prefer to, to get people on right away as a good introductory piece. The nice part about this too, is we build our garments with this thing called shooters cut. So you're going to have a tapered arm that's pretty long. So if you wear a normal large, you're going to have like maybe an inch or two extra in the sleeve length. And that allows you to stick your thumbs through the thumb holes and use this as a layering piece when you're trying to get other pieces on to you. Um, So you're not going to have sleeves binding up. And, you know, that's why our our stuff from base layer all the way to outerwear works in in such a a nice functional um, capability. Um, So that's just a few little features on that piece. I, I hate to get too technical with it because it can get kind of boring, but okay. I, I am pretty excited about how this stuff all works. Yeah, and, and, it, and I can attest that I, I deer hunt in it. I, I chase hounds in it. You know, you can you can basically do anything, anything, any sport. You could. I work out in it. You know. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, it's that flexible. That that much motion, uh, range of motion is all there. Nothing binding, and if you wear this kit properly. Uh, You'd be you, you would be you'd be surprised how you know at the extremes that I've worn worn my kit, and I'll talk about mine in a few minutes. But go ahead and talk about yours. Yeah, sure. So you know, as we we continue to move up, I think past that point, if we're talking just basic uh, kit for hound hunting, I'm looking at the next piece as being the men's kiln hoodie. So this is going to be our next weight up. Um, you're looking at a, a 250 gram merino X fabric. So basically, what it does is it it beefs up from the wick just a little bit. So it's got some improved structure and some resistance to tear and, and bagging. Um, this is what our all the hardcore guys at our company, which is the majority of our our crew. Um, this is a piece that never leaves their path ever. Um, when you're, when you're getting chilly, this thing's going to keep you warm. I just used a turkey hunting, um, and I had this on, the wick long sleeve, and my rain jacket, and it was just dumping rain. That was perfect. Um, you can either wear this next to skin uh, when it's chilly, or you can use it as a second layer if it's really cold. Um, it's basically the most versatile piece we make. So that's the Kiln 250 um, hoodie, uh, men's Kiln hoodie. Yeah. Um, and this is a little more expensive. It runs about 130 bucks. But again, this piece, you know, I bought one of these in 2013 and I still have that piece today. Um, it's one of the first, um, kilns that came out. Um, and it's one of the protos and it's still, um, still awesome. You also have a chest pocket on the, the front left chest. Um, and I'm actually wearing this piece right now in a new ash gray color. Um, and it's just like such a versatile piece. It's, it's something that I really, um, really get folks you know towards um as, as soon as they can uh, can get into this uh this kit this is what we we, we shoot them towards mm-hmm. um you know and then I'll, I'll say the the last piece that i think is really crucial if we talk about jackets um we make a very versatile jacket that i think is going to be perfect for sort of the um the tough conditions that houndsmen hunt in and as well as sort of the the variable conditions and that's the men's catalyst soft shell jacket um, this is going to be our most quiet layer. Um, it's also a soft shell. So you have the components of breathability, insulation, um, and the engineered ability to stretch and move. So, um, it's a two layer construction that has a fleece line, uh, fleece liner on the inside. It utilizes that 37.5 fleece lining to optimize your body temperature. Um, but the outside is extremely durable. So it's much like the sawbuck material, um, as far as the pants go. Mm -hmm. Um, but the nice part about this is you're going to be able to basically run through the woods in this. Um, and, and also, uh, you know, sit on a side by side or, or a a sled and you're rolling through the snow, um, and be pretty, pretty warm. Um, it's extremely packable too. You can throw it in a pack when it gets too hot. Um, 
And the last part I really like about this piece is it's got this DWR coating, which basically allows it to be water resistant. So you're not going to withstand a a torrential downpour in this jacket, but if you're hiking and it's drizzling, it's going to keep you dry. Um, And it's just, what I'm trying to do is is drive your guys towards really versatile pieces that'll last a long time. Um, You know, and you can talk about some of our puffy coats and some of our more technical like mountain hunting pieces. Um, But I think for versatility and durability, the catalyst jacket is a a no brainer. Um, And you're looking at uh, 240 bucks for this jacket. and It's going to last you uh, forever. Um, And, you know, we got a great warranty program too. If anything should happen to it, we'll just get you a new one if it breaks down. So, um, you know, and then when we talk about um, accessories and stuff, so I should say that's the men's catalyst soft shell jacket. That one's really versatile as well. Um, I like the shale touch hybrid gloves. Um, it's a tough glove based on Reno wool and goat leather. Um, it's going to be a, a, a really versatile, uh, pair of gloves that you can use your cell phone with and your GPS. So it's got touchscreen compatibility. So if you're looking at, um, tracking dogs with, right. uh, with GPS and I know most guys are doing that now. Um, it's, you don't have to take your gloves off to operate your electronics. That's really awesome. Um, so and, and that mixed with uh, either a, a merino tag cuff beanie uh, or some sort of hat like that um, from First Light, that's going to basically round out your kit um, as we, we consider this sort of a minimalist kit. Um, so this is what I would wear. If we were going to go hound hunting together, this would be my kit. I'd have my sawbuck pants, my merino boxers, the, the wick boxers, a wick long sleeve, a kiln hoodie, and a catalyst jacket, um, and then shale touch hybrid gloves and a merino hat, the merino tag cuff beanie. That's going to be my kit. So you're looking at, you know, anywhere from a spend of, depending on how many Larry's you want to get from 400 to 700 bucks, you're going to be set up for every hunting season that I can imagine. Um, and you might want to add some other things in there, but um, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly a great program. Uh, and I think that that's, that's what I would recommend for a kit. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about sort of both versatility, durability, and the ability to sort of um, you know, sit still or run through the woods. That's, that's going to be the go-to there. Right. Right. And I've, I've found that the, uh, some, my kit is somewhat similar and I've worn it from Indiana, Ohio, you know, the, the, the Midwest, Ohio river Valley, all the way out to the Southwest up into the Northwest. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I've found is I did find the limits on the sawbuck. Uh, in the Arizona mountains, when it gets to, when it gets down to 10 degrees, I'm, yeah. I'm reaching for my, I'm going to reach for my catalyst, uh, pants at that point, And I'm yeah. going to be wearing a soft shell instead of those. Um, uh, yeah. one thing that, that, um, I added that is a necessity in snow for, for hunter, for, for lion hunters, especially in cat hunters is the, uh, uh, gator. And yeah. uh, gators, even people don't understand gators. I wear them in the East now because uh-huh. yep. for years in my other, in my previous life as a conservation officer, I spent, I, I we logged miles and miles and miles on foot doing foot patrol. Uh-huh. Um, and we would find even wearing um, uh, Danner boot, which is supposed to be Gore-Tex and everything what was happening, we walked through grass and I've literally got pictures or video of me sitting in the back of my truck, pouring water out of my boots after doing a foot patrol during early, early turkey season. Um, yeah, you add a gator to that situation and your boots function properly because you're not getting that drainage down into that boot. You know, you're picking up moisture on your pants. It's wicking down your sock and now it's running straight into your boots. And I never could yep. figure that out until I added a gator. And, uh, that, yeah, that's that, a great point. Yep. That absolutely stopped that nonsense. So, yeah, um, you know, when I was got, I got an elk hunt in Oregon for a long time and archery elk hunts, and I almost wore those things down through the whole season just because of that same reason, you know, you start with a dewy morning. Yeah. Um, and you're right. This, so the Brambler Gator from first light has a rigid construction, so it's going to sit up above or excuse me, just below the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to wick that moisture away so that the top, end of your boot, which is really the most, um, uh, liable, or, or I should say, um, you know, that, that's where the moisture is going to come in, mm-hmm. um, 
it just eliminates that, that pinch point. And I think, you know, for most guys, I imagine that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys out here that are running, um, cats, um, in, in the wintertime, they're in two, three feet of snow at times. Yep. So this is just going to allow for you to stay dry. And there's nothing worse than, than wet feet, man. It's just, it just can crush your morale. And I'm sure you yeah, know no how, doubt. how, you know, wet feet and wet hands and wet and a wet head is like the worst thing ever. So mm-hmm. that's a great point. I think those Bramble Gators would be a great addition. They're awesome um, too. And I've had other Gators yeah. from other yeah. high-end companies and i like my brambler gators better they're better constructed they fit better and i've got gators from other companies that that um, weren't as durable i mean that that heavy cordura on the insides of those things for a person that's logging miles is going to last a long time yeah yeah i agree and and i think the the last thing i'll say about the, the brambler gators is it is versatile because they're not going to um make you retain a lot of heat. So they're, they're breathable enough to where, uh, you can wear those in, in warmer temperatures when it's raining and still be okay. Likewise, it's going to be a really good snow piece. Um, and I imagine most of your guys, you know, can run, you, you start running dogs for coons and stuff when it's, when it's warmer out and then you're all the way into lion and bear season when it can be a little chillier. So, oh, yeah. uh, like I said, what we're trying to do is create sort of a versatile and durable kit. And that's uh, that's a huge component right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, and they'll probably, the only reason I, I'll go back to the sawbuck real quick and hitting the limit on at 10 degrees there. Probably the main reason I switched to catalyst pants is because I had them. <laughs> you yep. know, yeah, all exactly. of a sudden I'm like, I don't have to be cold if I don't want to be, you know? And, and yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, one one question I would ask is 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 there are there any plans of putting hips hip zips in those catalyst pants? You know we're working on a couple iterations always. You know, and, and that's the thing I mentioned at the at the beginning of the hour. As we're, you did. So we're talking about you know, taking some liberties yeah, we're, and putting you on the spot. Yeah, no problem. You know, I, I can't really talk about the specific R and D components of right. what we're trying to accomplish right. with exactly. uh, improvement on our pants. But I will say, you know. Our guys in, in the product um, division are, are working hard on answering questions and listening to feedback from, from our gear testers. Um, and I would say that, you know, from our perspective, we're always looking to improve uh, pants. And, and hip vents are a certain, especially for houndsmen and, and people that are, you know, going through a, a variable weather pattern throughout maybe even just one day. Uh, that's certainly a consideration. So it's something we're working on for sure. Um, I do think that, uh, in the next few years, you'll start to see um, improvements on, on sort of our basic pant line. Um, but, yeah, no promises on that quite yet. But, you know, we're always working on it for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I won't put you on the yeah. spot anymore, Kevin, but I do have some ideas after I have to get <laughs> off the air. And I'll share them, sure, with, I'll share them yeah, with I like you it. then. Um, I like it. So, so uh, the first year that, that, that I wore all first light gear, I, we were actually in the, in the Swan Valley uh, – just south of Kalispell, and we were in some extreme yep. conditions. We were sub-zero. And I'll just go through and tell you what I wore uh, and yeah, give sure. our listeners an idea. So, uh, you know, I was wearing – at the time, I did not I, – I only had mid-weight, uh, mid-weight merino base layers. Um, right. So that's what I started with. And then on top of that, yeah. it was before the saw buck came out. Uh, I was wearing the corrugate guide pants, and mm-hmm. uh, I was wearing – pack boots and the the yep. way the way the corrugate guide pants is cut i mean it fits nicely inside the pack boot without having to worry about you know it's it's horrible when you're trying to wear wear a pant inside your boot and you've got that heavy seam or something that's digging it it always finds that ankle bone and it starts rubbing yep. right there and uh the yep, cor- exactly the cord corrugate is cut in a way that it doesn't do that so we're, we're talking five degrees and below is the weather that I was wearing this kid in, um, and okay. a lot of snow. And then I move up the body. I'm wearing uh, uh, the kiln hoodie, and yep. then on top of that, I had the uh, Klamath hoodie. Yep, great piece. Yep, and I love that piece. And That's you're probably familiar with that with from the Marine Corps too. That grid fleece, uh, I think, is utilized in the military pretty pretty extensively. Am I wrong there? No, no, that's right. Uh, of course, yeah. Marines usually don't get it. Uh, that goes yep. to the Army and the Air Force. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, seriously. Yeah, we we knew about grid fleece, and and uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that technology right there and why you chose grid fleece. Yeah, of course. So I think the biggest thing is when you move away from the body, right? You don't necessarily need. Um, merino wool on sort of your second or third layer um the the interesting part about um about grid fleece is you know that it's warm right i mean it's a it's a synthetic material um but also utilizes a little bit of antibacterial treatment to manage that odor so the nice thing is we took like the classic grid fleece um which is an exceptional weight to warmth to weight ratio um so basically, you're, you're trying to solve two problems. One, you're trying to s- solve reducing that wind chill factor um, as an external piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, is um, you're trying to understand and trying to maintain functionality within your kits. You're not going to sweat that thing out if you're, if you're walking. Um, and fleece has that great ability. So the grid fleece pattern is, is, is like a waffle pattern, if folks are familiar with that. Um, and that allows you to, to, to stay warm uh, when it's chilly. Um, so a great piece and it's got that, um, ergonomic hood. So basically it fits right over your head so you can see out the side of your, uh, your, your vision is, mm-hmm. is basically enhanced by that articulated fit. Um, and the other thing about fleece that's cool is it's stretchy. So it fits really well as a third layer or a second layer because you can put it over something and you're not going to be bound up in the armpits or the, or the ankle or excuse me, the elbow, um, or the wrist. So yeah, another great piece, and that's something uh, I wear a lot, especially when I'm sitting still. Um, I wear that in the deer stand quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So and the the beautiful piece, okay, uh, the beautiful thing about that Klamath hoodie, matched with a quarter zip base layer, is uh, as I'm walking into a tree and you're in those conditions, even 400 yards away from the trail. Uh, in that, and with that snow, you know, that's waist deep, we were buried in snow in the, in the swan, you know, now you're exerting right. a lot of energy and I can dump heat. I mean, I'm literally unzipping that thing and it says quarter zip, but that thing comes just, I mean, it comes below your, your rib cage right there on your stomach, really. So I mean, yep. you can get, yep. li- get rid of a lot of heat right there, stay comfortable, stay regulated. You get to the tree and you can start, you know, you, you can start put zipping stuff back up and and retaining that but it reduces the moisture you're putting into your garments when you can do stuff like that but it, it's also a comfort thing for you so i'm wearing the klamath that's right and then i wore it wearing uncompagre uh vest on top of that yeah and i'm i'm yeah. good to go even in it i i was very comfortable very functional not overheated um I could be in better shape, but that has nothing to do with my clothes. And so that was my kit. You know, since that time I've, I've modified a few things. I've added the saw bucks, um, uh, and I, I've added the catalyst soft shell pieces too. Yeah. And I only wear those, wear those when it gets, when it gets cold, the jacket is super comfortable. Um, it's stretchy. So, I was li- I can literally put that jacket on over the kit that I just described, and when I start walking, because I wear a ho- I wear a houndsman vest that has a radio on my GPS tracker. It's so stretchy that I can literally put it on over that all of that stuff while I'm riding in the side by side or you know the truck. And then when I get ready to go, you know I just take it off, stuff it in my pack, and if I need it while I'm on the trail, I've got it with me. But I'm I can rock and roll. And it's a great piece. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. You know, the only thing I would add to that conversation is we're coming out with a catalyst vest as well. Um, so that piece, you know, I've turned into sort of a, I never was a vest guy before, but I've turned into a vest guy just because of the ability to keep your core warm, but your arms, uh, mm-hmm. you know, cool. So that's a great point with that uncompowered vest. That's a, that's a, another great piece. And it allows you to be able to hike and still be warm. Yeah. Um, it's and, a little the bit, last thing I would add, it's a little bit fragile. Yeah. I mean, for it's not a briar buster, so it's a little bit right. fragile. But when you're wearing when you're wearing a houndsman vest over top of it, that's made out of cordura nylon. You're yeah. I haven't snagged it. Uh, so right. Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah and, and the, the last thing I would add, too, is for the guys that are riding snowmobiles in the snow and, and you know, going a ways and, and following dogs or whatever, it may be in the wintertime, we make this thing called the men's Chamberlain down jacket. Um, and this is probably, and, and in fact, I know it is, it's the basically the warmest and the, the most downfill of any uh, down jacket on the market today in the hunting world. Um, it's a little more expensive, but um, basically it weighs 25 ounces, but it's got 800 fill down power. So that thing is going to be the warmest jacket you will put on uh, in the industry. Um, and it keeps you incredibly comfortable when you're, when you're, you're going long distances without walking. Um, we use this thing as a glassing jacket when it's super cold on ridge tops and the mountains. But I've also used it on snowmobiles and in side by sides when that wind is a factor. It's just going to keep you warm and comfortable. Um, I'd say this is sort of like an extra piece if guys are looking and spending a lot of time in those cold conditions you're you're previously mentioning. Um, I think it's just a great um, a great jacket. So that'd be the only thing I would add. But other than that, that kit sounds great. Yep, it's it's it has served me well and. Um... And so anything else we miss? What we miss, Kevin? I think the only thing I would say um, is if we talk about like socks and, and things on your feet, we make this sock called the Mercury Crew Sock. That's a great padded sock for a lot of hiking. and It's going to keep, it's a real wool construction, so it'll keep it dry. Um, but other than that, I think we pretty much nailed it. You know, the, the one thing I would add just in, in as a sort of a, a the, the last half of a pitch, so to speak, is that I understand and we understand at first light that uh, folks are making a pretty big investment. And I, I know, and I understand that it's a, it's a lot of money to talk about. The difference is you know, a lot of people, we talk about this in elk hunting, a lot of guys kill big elk in blue jeans and flannels every year. That's, mm-hmm. that's no joke. And, and it's a reality. And I'm sure the same goes for houndsmen. Um, I'm sure people are a lot tougher than I, and they can, they can wear car hearts and, and do the thing and be just fine. Well, we try to, try to tell folks and what the sort of the, the, the come to first light moment is that if you can, if you can do that, uh, why not be a little more comfortable and sort of understand that, you know, the, the reason we make these products are to solve a problem and to keep you in the woods a little bit longer. Um, and, and to be comfortable doing that is, is a game changer. You know, I've, I've worn everything from other uh, competitive brands to, to, uh, you know, Walmart camo when I was a kid. Right. And I understand that, you know, when you're a kid, you're a little, you're just a little more naive to, to what the, you know, it just kind of sucks. And that's just the normal, normal thing. We wore but red sacks talking, on our feet for crying out loud. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I, and I, and I think that, uh, you know, as you become a little bit more aware and you're spending a lot of time in the woods, um, the comfortability of, of our products really kind of shine through, um, when, when you're spending that extra day in the woods or an extra couple hours, and that's where guys are going to be able to kill more cats or, or be able to tree more bears. And, and I think that's, that's the difference is we try to make products to allow you to stay outside longer and be comfortable doing it. Yeah. So I can, um, I can relate this story real quick. You know, this yeah. past year in West Virginia, uh, we ended up doing a nine miler uh, on a bear. We're, we were actually walking dogs. Dogs hit a track, bear hunting. The guy I was with was wearing um, a lot of cotton, wearing the plastic briar proof clothes uh, I'm in my first light kit I've got a picture of it uh, it, it was the sawbucks Klamath uh, with the base layers and uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm cruising along and and this guy is in he's younger than I am and he's in pretty good shape and he lives in those mountains but yet I was able to uh, stay with him not only stay yep. with him but also, my kid outperformed his because he was ringing wet. He was miserable. He couldn't get wait to get to a truck somewhere. So we, you know, but there's a lot of houndsmen out there that are just ultra tough too. I mean, these are tough men that that um, you know are going to hunt in bib overalls, cotton bib overalls until they put them in the ground or they have to hang up their lead strap. And and I'm just not that tough. And I want to give give people i've found a better way where i can be more comfortable be more flexible i can be in the game longer because i'm not miserable and that's really what it boils right. down to yeah 100 percent, man and, and i think that you know i understand that it's a big ask i understand that we're talking you know more money than people have spent um on gear in a long time but the thing is like you're spending money on 
good dog feed and good technology to follow your dogs and, and good conditions to keep your dogs healthy. And, and, and I think that the same should go for the hunter. You know, I think if, mm-hmm. if the dog, the dogs are able to do a lot more with a lot less. And I think if humans can, and can keep up and, and, and get the joy out of, out of hunting, I think that's, that's just a win-win. And, um, yeah, we're going to have to do some hound hunting together, man. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'd love it. We'll be, uh, if they ever get this, uh, all the travel bans or whatever we're doing here lifted as far as uh, being able to move around a little bit, it'd be, it'd be great. But, uh, oh, yeah, man. I'm, looking, I'm looking for, I, I always look for, you know, first light to come out with the next latest and greatest. And, uh, you yep. guys never seem to disappoint. You know, I'll go back to that sock thing real quick and, and sure. being a, being a Marine, one thing that I learned as much, as many miles as you put on your feet, you've got to take care of them. And uh, uh-huh. I see guys do things like wear cotton socks and uh, invest in a pair of merino socks because when you wear cotton, it traps that moisture against your foot, and that's what causes you to get blisters. Uh, yeah, a merino right. sock. I've never ever gotten a blister, and I'm talking in jungle boots on pavement, and you know, thirty, forty mile you do a 20 mile road march and I almost said 30 and 40 mile and people are going to call me out on that, but I have done 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you just don't get the blisters that you get when it's, um, when you're wearing cotton. So yeah, this is a houndsman XP and the XP stands for extreme performance. So we're trying to bring you material that ups your game so you can be extreme performance in every aspect of your game here. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. I think, you know, the, the last thing I would add is that, um, you know, protecting your hands and feet is, is crucial. You know, the way I think about it, if you're an extreme performer, you're basically an athlete, right? Yep. Um, and I think protecting your hands and your feet is, is crucial because you want to be able to keep up and, and make sure that um, you're doing the best to, to keep those dogs happy and, and to keep yourself happy, happy and, and tree more bears and cougars and, and coons and whatever it is you're hunting. I think it's uh, um it goes hand in hand. So yeah, I appreciate the time today. And, you bet. And, uh, you yeah, bet, Kevin. just a, just an awesome, awesome format. So I appreciate your time. We have a saying around here, the way we close out every one of these podcasts. And, uh, so it comes from a, a West Virginia bear hunter. This is a tough, tough guy. And my partner, Steve Fielder, uh, knows this guy. He spends, spends days in the woods at a time. He'll have people drop him off and, and, pick him up down the mountain somewhere but uh it, it all came about with a sheep killing bear and uh they turned the dogs loose and some of the dogs went one way another dogs went the other way and john looked at him they were questioning his dog and they said boys you follow your hounds and i'll follow mine <laughs>